0: Welcome to another episode of Small School Big Tech, or Reboot Ed, depending on which channel you're seeing this on. My name is Andrew Schwab. I'm your co-host today, and um, I have a distinguished panel, well, a notorious panel, anyway. Um, starting off, I will introduce my regular co-host, uh, one of the mics, Mike Volmert. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Going great. And my other regular co-host, Mike McBoo. Hey, Mike. Make hey, do. how you doing? Good. And uh, joining us today, I, I asked a couple people to hop in because um, we all just got back from the uh, annual SEPA conference, which is the California Educational Technology Professionals Association conference in, uh, where were we? Sacramento. Um, Larry Rigo, IT Director for Hillmar Unified, is here. Hey, Larry. How are you? Good. Thanks for hopping in. And we have John Schuster from the. I got to look because it's Ross Valley um, School District. Currently a tech two, but longtime watcher of the show and previous uh, Lone Ranger as the IT director at Willits. So um, thanks, John, for hopping in. Thank you. Okay, Um, so let's see. We. I was at SEPA for like a week. I got there on a Monday. They had an executive legislature, leg executive. What was it? An executive pre-conference, where basically we got scared by lawyers, um, talking to us about the the new student privacy laws, the three that were passed um, or signed by the governor. And um, so it was a long week for me. But I guess I just want to go around the table and see. Um, what did you guys see as the trends for this year's conference? Anything stick out at you as either different or new or um, just a continuation of what we've seen? And I'll start with uh, Dr.
1: V in the lower lower bottom right. Um, I don't know that I saw anything trending different than last year. Um, lots of vendors... Lots of IT guys, lots of sessions on IT stuff. There was a strand of Google this year, which I thought was kind of interesting.
0: I'm curious to because, so, okay, my, my impression may have been a little different then because um, I actually had a couple tech guys there, and I didn't find that the sessions were necessarily as technical as they've been. Um. It seemed to me that they were really more geared towards, um, I don't know, it just seems like there was more of a leadership strand, and like you said, there were Google, but it seemed like more edtech to me than anything else. What do you think, McBoo? Well, I thought, I'm curious. So, okay. My impression may have been a little different then. Because- so somebody's got us streaming in the background. I can hear us looping back through. The the sessions were necessarily as technical as they got. Gotta love those technical details. They were real. Yep.
2: Hmm. I don't know. What what happened?
0: <laughs> you you may have had us open in the background, yeah. so you're looping it through.
2: All right. Well, I I didn't. Uh, my my take was is a lot more leadership, more towards. Um, Higher levels, I I went last year and I went this year. I really didn't see the big tech push I saw last year. I mean, there's a lot more, I think there's a lot more Microsoft things, how-to sessions. I kind of felt that the Google was a little bit over you, but it was more of this is what we're doing, not necessarily this is how you do something.
0: Well, and I think that was a another thing that we kind of talked about Um at the end there was the, um, the focus on more, um, you know, this is kind of what you, what you could do and not necessarily how or or any kind of detail, right. It was all like kind of high overview stuff. I don't know, Larry, you caught some sessions on, on Friday. Were, were they more overview or, or did you get an idea of how you might be able to implement something when you got back?
3: Yeah. For the three whole sessions I went to one, one of which was a presentation, but, uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I looked through that paper pamphlet that they gave me. I, I repeat on paper, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was looking through there trying to figure out what I was going to do on my Friday morning. Um, I agree. Most of this stuff seemed like more overview, more of here's some cool stuff we can do. Not as many tech-oriented stuff as in uh, like the hand, even the hands-on session where you know, hands-on Google Classroom or Hands-on um, uh, Google Apps, you know, signing up and stuff like that. It was very, very—I don't know whether to say high-level or low-level, depending on which way you look at it. But not a whole lot of tech detailed stuff. More for the more for the overview stuff. But you know, the, a lot of the stuff looked interesting. I went to a couple of them that that were pretty good. But again, I, I agree with you guys. More of a overview.
0: Yeah, it just had a different feeling for, for me for, for whatever reason. How about you, John? I know you've been going to supper for a while.
4: Yeah, I think the, the interesting thing for me is because I could not attend last year, I noticed a drastic difference between iPad-esque uh, to Chrome. Um, that was pretty startling for me. Um, you know, in a good or bad way, depends how you look at it, but, but I think there was definitely a momentum shift there. And I also think that some of the uh, sessions that I attended, it was interesting that um, there was a little more focus on the evolving IT, ET department, whether or not it, you know, some schools where it falls under uh, literally sometimes a maintenance department through the, your CBO, and then other departments it does actually fall through um, maybe the superintendent administrative side, and the ET and IT department seem to blend together instead of, uh, as in some sessions they pointed out, where there's sometimes a lot of finger pointing as where the responsibilities end. And uh, particularly one session, uh, I'll try and uh, give you the link later, but they talked about how that um, solution or coming together with those two departments is really where the future is, is if we're really gonna get IT as we are evolving out of the, the server room, so to speak, and becoming part of the curriculum solution.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's been something that SEPA is talking about for a while. But I, I definitely agree. There were there were quite a few, um, mainly I guess in the leadership sessions where they were talking more about that. And um, well, even in my session where I was talking PD plan. Um, so Mike Vollmer, how long have you been going to SEPA? Was it the CTO program that was your first, like three years ago? No.
1: Um. I've been going to set for, the first one I went to was about 10 years ago, but five, this is the five in a row that I made. Okay. Um, well, that's right. Your just... name was up on the thing, and you didn't
0: get your little gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, I, so, I've been going since, I think, 08, 09, sometime around there, and it seems to me that back then... It was a lot of technical sessions. I remember it was like how to implement VMware and, and how to virtualize your server room and, it, it, you know, how to migrate exchange. I think I
3: was in on that
0: I, Well, yeah, back then I was thinking about, well, wouldn't it be nice if there were some more EdTech-like sessions? And it was weird to go in there this year and think, wow, where did all the tech sessions go? Because th- these all seem like they're EdTech sessions now.
1: Yeah, other than a couple shootout things, um, you know, they didn't have the hands-on labs and those sorts of things like they've had in past years. But last year was kind of that way too, wasn't it? I mean, a lot of ed tech kind of stuff, a lot of integration stuff.
0: Yeah, and like John pointed it out, I totally forgot, uh, last year was much more iPad-heavy. A lot of
1: iPads and iOS stuff, Mm -hmm. not so much this year. Right, definitely.
0: Um, and it was, I, I think the, the Google trend is kind of something that's a, a little bit wider than just but it seems like everybody's kind of, I don't know, except for Mike uh, McBoo at LeGrand is um, rethinking their iPad strategy. <laughs> What's up with that, Mike? You're stuck on those iPad things.
2: Eh, the, the rethink is not because of what they're not doing for our students because they do a lot. The rethink is because of, the technology that keeps on coming up is in the future will 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 be hitting it hard to see what it can do i'm afraid that i'm going to lose a class of technology because apple keeps on upgrading and forcing upgrades and i have no backwards compatibility as far as vendors because every time they update their stuff they don't push out the updates or on two platforms they only do one platform so it's not, it's not that um, I don't like the technology or what it can't do for the school. It's that I'm going to be left hanging, I feel, or I fear at that point. And so I need to find something that is more fluid and can grow. And, and we're not locked into iPads. It's just that we that's something that was started. And it's something that worked really well for us in the beginning. It still works well now um, on the education side. It just bites from the management side. Yeah, and way to throw that
0: subtle
1: zinger at me for starting the iPad thing.
2: I um, wasn't gonna name any names.
1: <laughs> someday, yeah. someday I, somebody's gonna figure out uh, an enterprise way of managing tablets, but not today. I think Google
0: has mostly with with Google Play.
1: I mean, only if you buy
0: a couple specific devices, right? And that is an issue too. But, and also at, there's still a limit on number of users per tablet.
3: But you're looking at managing a very consumer level device as an enterprise device. And it's just, it, it's, it's just, it might happen. There, there could be something that kind of, you know, Jerry rigs it together and makes it function. But I, I don't see the point of really forcing that kind of management down. The only really thing that would make it nice and easy is not really a control like group policy for windows or, I can't remember the Mac was it Mac manager, whatever. That's I'm probably dating myself by saying that, but um, you know to manage a tablet, it would just be nice to just have a list of tablets and you can put them in some kind of group and add and remove apps. Maybe not even remove apps, but just to be able to push stuff onto them and that's about yeah. it it's really with a tablet. There's not a whole lot of management that needs to be done or should be done. It's a no, and
1: maybe I, should, I, management in the old school sense isn't what I was talking about. It's configuring them out of the box and then dealing with adding apps.
3: Oh yes, out of the box too. Yeah, that I didn't think about that. That's another very very fun process to go through that entire setup process. Yeah. Although Google made it pretty cool with their. Uh, with their Nexus tablets, you set one up, and then you just, you know, yeah. get the two together, and on you go. That's kind of a cool idea, but again.
0: And then they got rid of the Nexus 7, so there you go. Yeah, yeah.
3: you get locked into theirs, and then you <laughs> stop making it, whatever. It, it, but, uh,
1: you know, my point is it, it just can't be that hard to do that sort of thing. Why only three tablets? Why, why can't you do it with pretty much any tablet? Um, yeah, seriously. I'm wondering if there's some kind of licensing deal going on or something. There's okay, some uh, sort of back it Because technically, there's no real reason. Right.
3: Well, it's because they're, all they're making a of money off of the, the home users with their kids that spend money on apps that their parents didn't say they could buy. They're not making as much money <laughs> on people like us.
4: I think it was interesting uh, in the MDM arena where they, and again, maybe this is because of my gap from not attending last year, but what I also noticed is that they're also, most of the vendors are targeting how to uh, assist a teacher um, or the uh, representative in the front of the class, how they're going to manage their class. They started using taglines like instead of locking people in, they're going to focus them onto a certain area. So I think, uh, you know, the, having multiple devices um, and having an MDM be able to address that need, that's going to be really interesting. Um, so I'd like to see what happens there, but it it seems like another interesting trend. Yeah. And
0: I did pick up on that too, because I was in the MDM shootout and I I find that a little bit disturbing because the last thing I want to give teachers (laughs) is another management portal that they have to get into and another place for them to go and something else that we're going to train them on. And really that seemed to be the, the MDM companies, their big differentiator was, Ooh, look at my teacher portal and look at all the things that it can do. Um,
1: yeah, on one side. And on the other side, with the out-of-the-box sort of configuration stuff I was talking about, everybody is saying, uh, we're sorry, we blame Apple because it's their API that sucks. Right. We can't do anything else because Apple won't let us, basically.
2: Well, that's what Apple said, too. Their engineer basically said, well, we provide the frameworks, and our expectation is that you can play around with it, but you, if you want something more, go to these guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. And those guys that's, usually cost money. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: Apple speak for we don't care. We don't yeah, have to
0: <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so um, I want to move on to um, what was your favorite session and why? And we're going to start with John.
4: Uh, I think it was uh, the session. Of course, I don't have my notes in front of me, but the uh, the session that focused on uh, basically the IT leadership team. The And again, I'll look it up, but the the school district that basically had a separate um, IT peer function and then an ET department that evolved over time, Um, it was really cool to see that they realized that they were their worst, you know, worst enemies combating each other. And somehow, over time, they decided to merge those two departments, and it wasn't a smooth transition. But looking back at it, it was really cool to see them uh, discussing where their where their weaknesses were and how they, when they combined, they could address those together as a team instead of uh, in a, a separate siloed uh, department or a separate chimney, so to speak. So that, to me, was really cool. And uh, if, if it's one session, I, I would focus on that one. So uh, it was really cool to see that team because that's, for me, that's where we're lacking because we're only just over a couple thousand ADA and we don't have a big enough structure to have a the director position was um, folded into the superintendent's uh, job about two years ago and they haven't revisited that so currently where we don't have a seat at the cap at cabinet we're trying to get our what's called our network manager who's again a classified employee not uh, uh, um, an administrative level into at least the administrators meeting that meets every week because there's too much of the things that we work with are not uh, funneled back to us directly we hear through it through the grapevine and it's just not functional so we have a long way to go there
0: well I'm wondering how much of that and it's interesting because a lot of the bigger districts we're talking about you know the, the ed tech team and the IT team and having two separate organizations or merging them and, and having them all fall under one person um but most of us, actually all of us right now are from sub-6,000 student districts, and um, I don't think any of us have an ed tech team to speak of, unless I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so the, the challenge I think for us in, in that situation is we, we kind of have to be the ed tech folks, right? Unless like Larry, who, who does ed tech at your site? Because I heard you talking about doing training for Google and
3: all that stuff. You're looking mostly at are about 50% of our ed tech team. <laughs> Although, um, our district's done something interesting this year with all this Common Core money that kind of came in. Our district, which hasn't had a, an assistant soup in probably 15 years, created a uh, like a curriculum director slash tech training coordinator kind of thing for the Common Core stuff, even though really it's kind of grooming the person to be an superintendent. But um, it, it's an interesting take on it. So a lot of the stuff that I get forwarded to me in various trainings, I just, instead of me pushing to principals saying, hey, look, this is really cool. You really need to send teachers here. And they go, yeah, yeah, that's great, thanks. And they delete it. Um, I send it to this new person, and she goes in and researches it, kind of looks at what could be beneficial, particularly to our district. Then um, you know, we get together. So there's there's more of a... Uh, there's more of a different, differentiating opinion now where I have somebody who was an administrator who was a teacher that that can sit with me and the other tech that I have who was also a teacher and kind of bring that together. So we actually have a little bit more of an tech team-ish thing going. But uh, in the past, I and mean, this is my 12th year, so in the past 11 years, it's really just been me trying my best to kind of see what would fit I go to the various conferences. I talk to you know people like you guys and kind of get hints and ideas and tips to, to kind of throw at teachers and then try to do training and whatnot. But the, the training is really just me and the other guy in my office. That's, that's just about it.
0: Yeah. And then Vollmer, was there an ed tech department
1: at Rio when you got there? There wasn't even a technology department at Rio when I got there. Um, so... Um, Yeah, uh, basically I I came into nothing, Um, hired two guys, Uh, we just hired a third, and we just hired um, a a second teacher on special assignment, this one um, specifically dedicated to ed tech. So that's really our first first movement in the direction of tech integration and, and actually Working with teachers and stuff in the classroom, other than the PD that we've done in the past, which really was just kind of me. I
0: bet teachers are happy about that. Oh, they're ecstatic. Yeah. Uh, And then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we're in the same boat. We basically, um, when I got there last year, so only been a year, um, I was basically running all the Google trainings and all those things. And then at the beginning of this year, we hired a, a TOSA for instructional technology, and she's been out now doing trainings in the classroom with teachers and um, some staff development out of the site. So that's been really nice. And then, Mike, even at Little Tiny Legrand, and I say tiny with – um Microsoft. You know, that's, from, that's from the heart. Um, <laughs> you guys have gone down the road of um, kind of differentiating some ed tech from some tech.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think when I stepped in, I wanted to focus more. I, I've always been, you know, as a as a teacher and a lead uh, trainer at my old district, always been focused on getting away from the old. This is technology. This is how you use technology too. You know, we've all been to the classes enough. So I'm saying, okay, this is what we're doing today to to support your classroom, and let's take a look at what you are doing in the classroom and how we can use this tool to move you along. So, so instead of showing how to collaborate on Google Docs, we just say, that we're collaborating on Google Docs, join now, and let the elbow partners in the in the staff development meetings go on. We also moved to, oh, we have one teacher doing one period um, as a tech coach. And we started doing a, smaller sessions with their PD. So we're putting a lot of focus in ed tech, but not so much on the technology side, but so much on this is a tool to do this job. Let's work with you to get there. So when a teacher says, well, I'm giving a test tomorrow and we're going to go over that test, we'll say, well, let's see what we can do if you put Remind 101 in there with this. And or if you can do with uh, the the back channel or if you let the students lead the discussion and collaborate on Google Apps. So we've had a lot of success in that area.
0: Well, I think it was definitely a trend um, at the conference this year was uh, in people that I've talked to ramping up their ed-tech departments, adding teachers on special assignment uh, for instructional technology. So um, I think we're probably going to see more of that as we get further along with Common Core and all this technology that we're putting out into classrooms. Uh, So, Mike, what was – oh, sorry, Magboo, what was one session or what was your best session takeaway? From the well,
2: conference, I, I I really enjoyed Tim Gory's session. Oh, the first one. We I went. Talk to talk about Gorey's session now. We're going to talk about Gory session, and um, but it was from the standpoint of ideas that you can get take away as a manager and put in, which I you know I, I feel is is still very relevant. Um, and it it reminds me quite a bit. And I, I talked about this with you, Andrew. It reminds me a bit of of some of the um, early podcasts when I was. Um, going back and forth to the Bay Area of manager tools and that sort of stuff. So getting some good ideas to deal with people and relationships where IT folks just don't have that naturally come to them.
0: Yeah, I know. Like, like really? We need to love everyone? That's Well, that's your take. <laughs> no, he actually has a slide that's dead. Uh, it's, that's not my it. it's not like I made that up out of thin air.
1: But it's, it's the one factor.
0: Come on. That, that's true. I, I think he pulled a lot of – he got way more out of that CTO program than, than I did. Um, so, okay. So, G- Gory, had, Gory had a pretty good session, actually, about um, talking about leadership. And I think um, of all the examples we can point to in the state, he's doing an excellent job um, building out his team to support his district up there. So, it was really good to, to hear him talk about that. Um, all right, Vollmer. I'm, I'm going to guess you're not going to go pull the love card on me,
1: so what, what <laughs> did you find most interesting? Um, I think the most interesting session I went to was Sergio Villegas' um, uh, session on um, Google Docs and Google Drive. Um, he had all kinds of things that uh, you know, all you GCTs know but don't share with anybody, but he let them all out of the bag like how to customize your search window so you can search for docs online. How to use, um, how to let kids publish documents to the web. So there's a, there's a whole other way to kind of collaborate between teachers and kids. Um, some really cool tools. Um, and it, you know, that's kind of an ed tech site. It wasn't really a technical seminar. Um, yeah, IT I was going to say, it sounds really like something you'd, you'd see at Q, right? It yeah. is something that, um, yeah, uh, I, I would much more have expected to see something like that at Q.
0: Was, did but, Sergio gear it towards IT folks, or did he just basically say, here's what you can do with
1: Google? Uh, no, it was, here's what you can do with Google. Um, it, it really wasn't geared. It, it really it, it would have fit very, very well in a Google Summit or a... Q conference session.
0: Um, Yeah, and I think that's one of the the more interesting things that I kind of saw this time around. Um, And I don't know, maybe it is this, you know, I've been talking about for a while that at some point it may stop being educational technology and may just become education, right? I mean, once we reach a certain saturation level and basic skill level, the technology stuff should just kind of fall to the wayside. We don't go around teaching people about pencils and paper anymore. Um, but it's just kind of inherent. I think we're a long ways off from that, but it's interesting to see kind of the IT conference morph a little bit into more of an ed tech conference. Um, Larry, I know you were only there for, for one day, but what, what did you see that you felt was worthwhile uh, worthwhile take home?
3: Well, of my three sessions that I went to, I actually went to Jim Klein's 8 a.m. session about forward learning. Um, how he did the kind of a <clears throat> different approach to bring your own device, kind of I guess buy your own device. But um, I really like the way he developed his plan at his district, and I really like his overall overarching tech plan. Where um, you know they do you know PD a certain way, and they kind of bring their their people together, not just staff about PD, but they bring the students, they bring other stakeholders, and they kind of bring them all together and. He had a really, really detailed, comprehensive plan. I really liked his approach. Kinda he kinda dumbed it down, cleaned it up, not to make it simple, but to make it digestible. And I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting. I didn't really have a whole lot to compare it to, but I, I liked it. I'm definitely gonna steal it and give it to our new uh, our new uh, technology curriculum coordinator, I guess.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, his his whole concept of buy your own is, is very interesting to me. Um, he talked a little bit about it in our Ubermix session on Friday, too. Um, I mean, the idea that you would basically set a district standard and say, you know, if you're a parent and you want to buy this device, then your kid can bring it to school and take it home is, is kind of an interesting take on the whole thing. It eliminates that um, uncertainty as to what type of device you're going to face when when if you're a teacher and you open up BYOD because I think that's one of the right. biggest challenges, right? You never know what you're going to get.
3: Yeah, there's no way if you if you do true BYOD, unless the teacher is just rock solid and knows multiple platforms, there is no way a teacher can handle having, uh, you know, having 17 different devices of different types in a classroom and do anything effectively. I and mean, you've got to have some kind of baseline standard. I mean, I guess Google Drive and Google Docs is a nice standard, but then. May have to deal with it on multiple platforms and stuff. No, there's no way. You've got to standardize something, otherwise, work just doesn't get done as easily as it could be. A lot of wasted time.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. I've asked everybody, I think, except myself, and I can't actually remember any session that I was ever I was in. Um, the raffle. Yeah, the raffle. <laughs> you know, what was really strange. Was that closing the closing session on Friday because it was like. In between the first session and the last two, it really felt like it should have been at the end of the day. And then the other thing I'll, that was a little odd was um, the the preview of the vendor floor um, Wednesday night, which you know n- traditionally at a SEPA conference Thursday is the vendor day, and you you go on Thursday and walk through the gauntlet as I call it, and um, you know say hi to all the vendors and they scan your badge so they can spam you with all kinds of email.
3: Maybe that's why you have a temp email address for that.
0: That's, that's smart. Um, but this year they opened it up early on, um, they opened it up the night before for kind of a meet and greet slash president's reception slash vendor hall walk. And it was just, it was like, you know, double the fun of that gauntlet having to walk through the vendors. And it was, it was kind of odd. I don't know. What'd you think about it, Mike? Did you go or sorry, Walmer. I didn't go. Um, the uh, smart that's why you got the that's why you got the, the uh, EDD in, on this panel
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually kind of worried about that whole gauntlet sort of aspect um, I had a number of vendors that I sort of had an agenda um, so I wanted to hit them up um, and, uh, but you saved that for Thursday I yeah I did I saved it for Thursday Yeah.
0: Magbu did you go through uh, Wednesday yeah, night
1: I went through um, there
2: was a couple of vendors I, I wanted to uh, talk to him real quickly before, because I, I knew I was really gonna have a chance to talk to him on Thursday, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was able to go through. Uh, the food was good.
0: Oh yeah,
2: it <clears throat> it was
0: crazy watching the line. It was like uh, sharks circling the school of fish yeah. uh, in the line for the food. How about you, John? Did you get a chance to go through um, early, or did you? Just... Yeah,
4: I we uh, hung around and went around that evening, and I think it was a. Interesting dynamic. I had assumed they had started that last year since I went there, but uh, obviously this was the first uh, uh, transition to that. And I think the vendors loved it because they got to meet people, you know, they were, everyone had a long day, but at the same time there were snacks and beverages of all sorts. So I think people were a little more relaxed. Um, I, I don't know if that's just because it wasn't like the morning of the gauntlet on Thursday. Or if it was just because um, people just kind of felt relaxed and they they didn't feel pressured, like oh well I'll pop through here at the end of the day and then no big deal. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a nice touch. I think the vendors probably appreciate because you know they're paying you know twenty five hundred to beyond per booth. Um, so I think they uh, it was an added value to them. I'm ass- again assuming I don't know if they paid more for that, but um, the vendors I talked to that I know pretty well, um, they they liked it.
0: Yeah, eh, I, I didn't like it that much as a participant. But then I'm, I'm also the guy who usually didn't go to the president's reception. So when I went last year and it was really nice, this year I was kind of like disappointed because it wasn't so great. But maybe that's just my personal, personal experience. <laughs> Speaking of vendor floors, so I want to go and ask, um, did anybody see anything really interesting on the vendor floor? And I'm going to go to Walmart because I know he took home something that I'm really interested in. Although I don't know how much play it will be uh, there is with it in the Central Valley, but I think it actually for low income districts is kind of interesting.
1: Are you talking about the Wi uh, Fi thing?
0: Yes, of course. I'm talking about the Wi Fi thing.
1: Um, what else would I be talking about? Yeah, we've been working for a long time on finding a way for the kids in our district that don't have internet access at home, um, because we're we're now ready to start the process of setting everything up so our kids can take our netbooks home. Um, and uh, we talked to this company, Kajit, out of Colorado a couple years ago, and they gave us a demo device, uh, a little 4G MiFi hockey puck, um, but it ran on the Sprint network. Um, and the Sprint network in Oxnard sucks, so it was basically a brick. It, it was a hockey puck. Um, now they've got the same device on uh, here. Here it is. Um, they've got the same device on a um, Verizon network, and Verizon here is pretty robust. So I'm excited to test this thing um, when I get back to work tomorrow and take it around the district and see how it works at uh, various neighborhoods. But, What's the uh, cost model,
0: Mike? What does I mean? Because you know we're talking. Um, it's. Uh,
1: It's obviously going
0: to be a per month
1: cost It's a to lease. Yeah, it's a per month lease. Uh, I think it's an annual lease, and I don't remember how much it costs. Less than 30 bucks.
0: Yeah. So basically the same concept of just give, giving every kid a 4G connection mm-hmm. that needs it.
1: Yeah, and in our district, that's about 20 to 25% of our kids. Hmm. Interesting.
0: And Mike at Legrand, you're doing one-to-one take-home with iPads. How how have you addressed the Internet access?
2: Well, we didn't. Basically, uh, we put the devices in our students' hands, and we were assuming based on um, that there's about 35 thirty-five, thirty-eight 38% of the people at home had um, devices. And so we pretty much left it open. I've bump the uh, boosted uh, Wi-Fi access and allow all the students to get access 24-7 of our Wi-Fi we approached a couple of dist- uh, uh, businesses and they open their Wi-Fi the feeder schools have their Wi-Fi open for the students to get access but it wasn't until we got um, did a survey here where it, the students were reporting that they 87 percent of them have internet access at home so between that the ease of um, phones and um, the internet access going down to the 999 for the um, rural areas for a lot of people to get it on from the cable company at least in Le grand I don't know about planada that was uh, that's pretty much all we did we just buy Wi-Fi devices and let the students work with it but we also have uh, late buses so the students can work at school and
0: Is that something, did you actually run late buses for that purpose, or was it for something else?
2: It was for the impact, but um, because we're taking, we're taking advantage of it for um, schoolwork, then it's just something that we put into our um, LCAP planning mm-hmm. as part of the reasoning for that. Right. Okay, Vollmer,
0: I, I kind of preempted you, but did you see anything else interesting on the floor that you, you think was um, worthy of sharing?
1: Um, there were a couple of kind of interesting little setups for tablets and, and netbooks, um, not carts, but more like bins that you can put eight or 10 of these devices in. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to buy them because they want a lot of money, but I got some cool design ideas to go to target and get some bins and, Put yeah, a, the a, amount, the amount, the money that they want for those type of things is kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I, too much money. But the concept was really cool, and it's pretty simple to build something. So, mm-hmm. um, we're deploying um, about eight to ten little seven-inch tablets in each of our kindergarten and first-grade classes. So I'm going to kind of steal that design idea and see what we can do kind of on the cheap so we've hmm. got a place to charge them overnight well open source the plan when you do that would you um yeah no I'll, I'll definitely i'll put it on my blog that's the blog nobody reads um oh they'll read that the other thing that was interesting was um nobody paid any attention to dell's booth other than the uh, maker bots that they had on the side of it what <laughs>
0: Dell's still in business i didn't
1: that- yeah, there's this company called Dell um, <laughs> selling. Uh, they're selling Makerbots. I think they sell some other stuff too, but uh, you know, Makerbot sells Makerbots. Yes, um, <clears> probably saying.
0: probably for less than Dell does, but I didn't with an educator discount. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was funny. Those man, three D printers um, seem to be all over the place. Where I'm waiting on um, Autodesk is supposed to come out with a inexpensive 3d printer so I'm waiting for that to happen and Dremel got one at Home Depot uh, for 900 bucks now is that
1: is but is that the little router no this, this is a
0: CNC? 3d
1: printer the no, 3D, 3D, 3d printer they're also rumored to be coming out with a little uh, CDC uh, uh, uh CNC packages. Yeah a little yeah, yeah those
0: look neat it's a I, I like want to clear out my garage and just start making stuff. Um, <laughs> well, okay John what, what did you see on the on the vendor floor? Because, you know, SUP is basically about three things, right? The sessions, um, connecting with people,
4: and and walking the God. So what did you see? Uh, it was interesting to see Chromebook, Chromebook everything. You know, even Dell or the, you know, everyone was trying to target that. And it was very odd. Um, I mean, a large computer manufacturer, their biggest thing was the, a Chromebook version of it. Um, and the margins must be almost nothing on it. I don't even know. Hey, but,
0: but uh, at least it's something they can sell versus an iPad, which they had nothing to sell to. So you know,
4: I know. For them, if margins are light, it, it's 30 per room. It's not one for a teacher. So there's something there. Um, I also uh, um, echo what Mike's saying about the ergonomics for trying to deploy multiple devices in a classroom. So, you know, uh, someone, I can't remember where I saw it, but, you know, the concept of having proper discipline to align kids' Uh, a 30-student classroom, rows one, please go to the cart. Step, you know, and they march on by, and uh, it just takes time. You know, if you've been in a classroom like we all have, those are those times stolen from uh, uh, instruction. So, Mike, I think you're on the right path, and uh, obviously I think we have to figure out a way to do it on the cheap, whether that's a small, secure cabinet, one at each corner, so they don't have to all go to one corner, one cart. I mean, those are simple things, but um, as long as they can charge them um, and get to them uh, in a, pro- uh, a non-chaotic manner, the teacher will, you know, will appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Well, so I saw something interesting along those lines. Actually, I didn't see it because it wasn't there, so it may be vaporware, but uh, Triplight was talking about coming out with a, um, a low-cost uh, lockable charging cabinet for devices. And if you guys have priced out the kind of Cabinets that people have been selling—you know, retail eight hundred bucks for a sixteen-unit, four pieces of sheet metal is kind of crazy. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what those the pricing is going to look like on that. Uh, let's see. Larry did not get to go to the vendor floor, so I will mm-hmm. not ask him. Uh, but Magboo, what did you see down there? I
3: wouldn't have gone anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? Uh, I, I how, didn't really. How else were you going to get pens? Look, check check this out. I'll just I'll hijack this for a second. Do this. This is, this is the oh, thing that man. my kids have been playing with nonstop since I got home. Oh, it's, it's, cool. like, it's a pen that does that, and they just keep doing that over and over and over again. So, <laughs> All right, Magbu. Uh,
2: I didn't really find anything that popped out of me as an IT director, but um, I did find this one company called WeVideo, and it's cloud-based digital storytelling and multimedia. <laughs> Video stuff. I mean, from the look of it, it looks pretty good. So I'll let let my um, let a teacher who's doing our uh, video bulletins take a look at it. But it, it works with Google um, your Google account, and students upload directly to YouTube, which we do anyways. So I'm kind of interested about. Uh, uh, it's two hundred fifty dollars a year for fifty users.
0: Well, it's interesting that you picked that one out being that you're on iPads because WeVideo has been something that people always point to me and say, this is how you do video editing on a Chromebook. Um, I was just going
3: to say that too. we got a couple of teachers that have been clamoring about it. They did it on their own with the private license, and they said, oh, yeah, it's the only way you can edit video on a Chromebook. Yeah. Well,
2: so. I, the reason I take it because, again, Apple, uh, <laughs> I got, you know, we buy all these apps, and, I mean, after all the apps I purchase, I'm looking just at the purchase app. I'm pushing about a 1,000 uh, megs just just for the, um, you know, about a gig of store, um, apps just for the iPads, and they keep telling, telling me that I have to do this MDM device, and the way they have it set up, that's just not going to be easy. So I'm looking for more solutions that I can utilize, and I'm kind of future-looking ahead at what's going to be useful. I mean, I'm kind of excited. what. Adobe's doing with some of their Photoshop stuff and some of their um, um, apps as a streaming service or apps as a service, cloud-based service. So I'm looking forward to something like that and so if I can test it out now and see if it works and it works on a tablet base and I personally don't care what what the students are using because as long as they're all using the same thing, my teachers aren't going to sit there and troubleshoot the students device. Yeah. So so Mag was the
0: first IT director I've met yeah. that's trying to turn an iPad into a Chromebook. But that's cool. I like that. That's that's good. <laughs>
3: hey, give me <laughs> a flash, I'll do it. <laughs> give me a gym client, I'll turn it into an Uber mix device. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no kidding. Um, but I think something you said, Mike, for me when I was walking the vendor flow, floor, floor, um, to me it it felt a lot more like a Q vendor floor this year. Yeah. Um, a lot less, you know, technical stuff. I mean I remember there were still some of them there, the guys who were showing you the Panduit and the you know, the different um, cable connectors. And there was, I think, one server. Oh no, the server wasn't even down on the floor. It was kind of up, it was up in the- um,
3: Before you get into the, the session.
0: The box. yeah. Um, I mean, I, there. it was just, I, I think overall, it was just really light on um, technology for me. The one thing that I saw, which I thought was really cool, but unfortunately, I don't even remember who, what the vendor was, but like these headphones that I'm using. I don't know about you, but headphones for us have been crazy with the um, SBAC testing. And we've yeah. tried the cheapo earbuds. We've tried the the cheapo over the years. We've tried expensive over the years. We've done all of that. And these, there's actually, I've got two, two different sets, but these actually, um, I should take them off. And they're like completely flexible. I can watch them break. <laughs> but they seem to work pretty well on that. As far as being able to beat them up, so I'm gonna. I got some samples. I'm gonna push out there. Um,
3: no earbuds. Then, Our kids were way grossed out when uh, they were talking about sharing earbuds. They're like, "No, so <laughs> no earbuds for us."
0: If I could find earbuds that lasted, you know, longer than uh, two weeks or something, I, I think I'd go for them. These are actually, I think they were twenty bucks retail. So, I got to buy 5000 or 4000 so, you know, <laughs> pricing wise, I'm hoping to oh, get people yeah. down. I yeah. have another set that's like there were $7, and they're, they're the little tiny ones that we, we yeah. basically.
3: These guys to the are students.
1: Th- this is from uh, Califone, and I, this is the one I picked up. These are supposed to be about 7 or 8 bucks. Yeah. And that's they, the range we've got to be in. They do that for oh, example. Can't break it stuff, too. Yeah, headset. So, we've got some caliphones now that we bought several years ago and they, they weigh about 12 pounds a piece. And so kindergartners their head just keeps going like this. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. The headphones weigh more than the tab or the Chromebook or the yeah. Um, and what else did I see? Um, you know, it's funny. I saw like all the vendors that I use, like the, the web-based like securely and um, nimble storage and our wireless vendors. So everybody was there. Um,
1: I don't know. Well, it just
0: it, it didn't feel I,
1: like a tech separate. Yeah. The, the cool thing for me is, uh, you know, all the vendors are there. So I, I I actually went with an agenda. I needed to talk to Synesis about some fiber optic stuff. I needed to talk to Securely about getting a pilot going. Um, I, I needed to talk to our SIS folks Um but having all of them there, you can just sort of, you know, get your stuff done. Um, and uh, I, I, I really like the fact that everybody's there, and um, you know, you can kind of engage those conversations and kind of deal with a lot of business all at the same time.
0: That that's actually a really good point. It does make it nice when everybody's in the room, and you can just catch up. So often it's it's so busy you can't catch up, Uh, which takes me to, I guess, my closing thoughts here, and we'll just do a short roundtable. But um, there was something obviously missing for me, I think, um, during the conference. Uh, I did get to catch up with quite a bit of folks, um, although not as many as I would have liked. But I found myself in several of the sessions kind of wishing that the format was a little different, I've been going to a lot of ed camps recently and the format in an ed camp is you all kind of sit in a circle and you all share out and talk and discuss. And I thought in at least, especially the um, the panel sessions that we were both on um, Mike and Larry um, that a more discussion type format would have been maybe beneficial um, because there were quite a few people in the audience that probably could have been on the panel as well. And so um, I don't know if that's just an evolving kind of thing or if that's the influence of EdCamp, but I found myself wanting more kind of an unconference time, uh, maybe a little formalized with a room, not necessarily stuck in a hallway. But um, I think that was the one thing that I'd like to see maybe for
1: next year. So with that, that's really an interesting. Like idea. To... I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how SETPA would respond to. Uh, proposing a session that was an unsession or uh, a more open conversation. Well, I'm going to try it for next year,
0: so we'll see how they respond. Um, because I, I honestly think that even in that in that IT director future session we were in, um, we had a really good kind of open discussion.
1: Um, yeah, at at our last EdCamp. Um, and, and you can't do this one because I think I might propose it, but um, we had one guy um, uh, do a session called Things That Suck. Mm-hmm. And basically he had a topic, um, interactive whiteboards, for example, and he had a timer. Um, so he throws the topic up, and then you either say this sucks or this doesn't suck, and so you form two camps, and then there was sort of a conversation about the pros and cons um, until it, the time How is was it there. possible
0: because everybody would have been on the
1: sucks column with that topic? Actually, there were people that thought that interactive whiteboards were the best thing since sliced bread. I don't understand why, but... Um, that was the 50 and over crowd. I was on the things that suck side. Smartboard uh, plant. So I don't know. No, that um, would be a cool session, I think. But, um, you know, book um, you know, I, iOS versus Android, Chromebooks versus... Um, Mm-hmm. books and you know that kind of stuff. I, it, it would be interesting to get different people's perspectives about you know how they're deploying these things. Right. I agree. Uh, now I forgot who said it but everything is Chromebooks. Um,
0: well and I, and I think you know more of the how too. That's the other thing that I would like to see would be more more like deep technical dives about how you've done something right like and that's a bolts
2: session.
0: Yeah. More nuts and bolts sessions about, yeah. you know, how you actually do something um, from start to finish. So uh, Magby, what would you like to see for next year? If you're going to
2: go well, back, like I said, I, I said about last year's swing. Uh, and this year's definitely is an, a nuts and bolts session or something, just a technical talk amongst peers. Because I mean, one of the things I really, really miss being out in the grand is I don't have people I can talk to Tech too, I start talking tech and everyone's eyes glaze over and they just fall asleep or fall apart or I don't Mouth know free. And I don't have a chance to talk. I mean, you know, to find like Larry jumped jumped our session last time. He was able to bring some really cool ideas that we're able to move forward. And there's a lot of people out there that us you know, honestly have a lot of ideas or they come across something that we don't have, and it's not in a presentation of a Google Classroom or presentation, I just want to see something really geeky, seriously
0: yeah. yeah. Larry, how about you if you happen to go for more than one day next year?
3: Uh, my number one priority <laughs> is for Andrea to stop selling my email address, but it's uh, <laughs> on my but list.
0: You used a fake one anyway, so what's the point?
3: I did this time, but I'm still unsubscribing from spam from the Monterey one, what, two, three years ago? Yeah. <laughs> But um, I'd say a close second. You know, I, I agree with what you said earlier. You know, the face of education is changing. The classroom is changing. The paradigms are shifting constantly to it less of, uh, which I'm going to steal this from a buddy of mine, less from the sage on stage to the guide on the side kind of thing. And so I think that would be great to have more sessions, um, even more involved with the audience than the Ubermix panel we did, where, like you said, maybe sit in a circle or something like that, where everybody kind of, you know, brings their ideas to the table and and really, uh, really hashes out. You know, uh, this is what I do and this is why it works, but this is what I don't like. And somebody can come in and go, oh well, what about this? How about that? I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, talking tech. You know, like Magoo said, more of a, more of a roundhouse, you know, yeah. around the room discussion kind of stuff. Less, less present. More, workshop-ish. You know, hands-on stuff, except just discussion, but. It, you know, and maybe a little longer sessions for something like that, especially if it's going to be, uh, you know, really in-depth, here's how I use Google Classroom in my room, not just 40 minutes, but maybe, you know, an hour and 20 minutes or something, just a little longer. Yeah,
0: no, that's a good point. The sessions are really short. I mean, 40, 45 minutes? I think they're 40 minutes.
3: Yeah, a little little too short.
0: Yeah, that that actually did seem a little, little condensed, so good point. Though. How about John? What, what would you like to see in your... 2015 SEPA
4: conference. Uh, I would really like to see. I think uh, uh, previous John, uh, a couple of you guys have alluded to it. What I would like to see is, uh, you know, SEPA is going to ask for feedback, and a lot of people, who knows what percentage, will provide that feedback about how they could improve it. But I hope that at some point um, they do break it. In, let's say they break it into a dozen areas of focus, or where we're struggling. Uh, solutions we're trying to provide answers for and then prior to them locking in that session let's say it's going to be about ipad deployment we as the the recipients of those sessions can uh, suggest topic agendas or say hey let's focus on what i'm having a problem with so maybe it's like kind of providing feedback say hey we're gonna have a meeting for our staff so not on friday we don't meet for our staff meeting But during that week, everybody start opening up a Google Doc and start putting up ideas, and then we're going to get a consensus for where you guys are feeling the pain. I don't know if it'll ever go there, but, you know, it would be great for us as techs going to these sessions to say, wow, we're going to have a session about iPad deployment nightmares uh, or uh, um, having... um, radius, uh, configuration nightmares. So, and then we target those. And again, it's more than 40 minutes. So something right. like that. I don't know how they could put that together. But,
0: well, are there any other kinds of iPad deployments? I'm just asking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not yet.
0: No, yeah, no, um, no, but it'd be, yeah, no, I, I think the ability to have some input into what's going on rather than just get talked at, it's more collaborative, um, which is kind of what we're striving for. But, um, Yeah, I think overall it's kind of scary, not scary, but yeah, scary how much SEPA is morphing more towards um, what Q has traditionally been. At least this is my personal opinion. Um, Five years ago, I was asking for more ed tech and less tech, and, and now I think maybe the pendulum swung a little bit heavy the other way. Although... You know, for the technical sessions, some of the things I heard in the iPad deployments, for example, where there weren't really a lot of answers, you know, unless you happen to go to um, John Patton's session. So, you know, maybe some of that is just uh, the topics that we have. And, and realistically, how much is there really to deploying a Chromebook? And, and you know, I think the more the further we get from um, on-premise to, to hosted stuff, the less tech there is to talk about, which is another... Interesting topic that we could probably spend the whole show on, but um, I wanted to just thank everybody for um, hopping on and, and doing kind of a post wrap up of the SEPA conference. Um, it's been very uh, it's been interesting watching it grow and transform and um, appreciate your guys' perspective on the whole thing. So I'd like to thank uh, John Schuster for um, hopping in. John is at, oh, I had my page open and we you at Ross Valley. Ross, Valley.
4: Not,
0: Ross just, Valley. not to be confused with Ross. No, not to be confused with Ross. And he's um, at John Schuster on Twitter. Larry Rigo, IT director from Hillmar Unified. Uh, that's in the Central Valley. They've made great cheese out there. Don't write. Um, <laughs> he is Larry, yeah, he Larry Rigo on Twitter. Uh, Mike McBoo, IT director at La Grande Union High School District. That place none of us have ever heard of. And he is all you are baser on Twitter. He also co hosts. Um, Small school big tech with me whenever we happen to have time to do a show or have a topic to talk about. And last but not least, Mike Walmart Walmart 805 on Twitter, who is my co-host on Reboot Ed Podcast. Actually, I think you're the official host, and I'm just the guy who pushes the buttons in the background. <laughs> that's that's the way it is now because I haven't been on the last like four episodes. You um, never read
1: the books, man.
0: I never read the books. I don't pay attention to the guests. I just make sure that the buttons are pushed um, and the shows get posted. Um, our latest episode is, is up with Diana Loffenberg, which is she's just an amazing amazing educator, and and I really um, I'm bummed out that I missed the interview, but um, she she we got to have her back on because there was just so much good stuff there. So, and I of course I'm Andrew Schwab, and I am on Twitter at another Schwab. I fixed the spelling about halfway through the show, and. Um, I blog it anotherschwab.com, and this has been another episode of whatever show this was. I'm not even sure. So I'll um, <laughs> we'll catch you last next time, and, and I'll roll the music. And uh, thanks, everybody.
1: Music by Kevin Cloud.